right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. We have a great guest in the building. Before we get to introduce him, I, I want to thank you, one, for tuning in uh, during these difficult times. It is much appreciated. Some of you know and have been writing in that we've had a bit of a snafu on Apple Music, and so I'm going to ask you to resubscribe to the Corner Store Podcast uh, with the Corner Store and my name, Kevin Koval, and you will be able to download and stream all of our weekly content that we put out every week, every Tuesday in the morning. Uh, DJ Cashier, the super producer, puts out a brand new episode for your listening pleasure, and I also hope it is a, a point of inspiration in your week because I think, especially in, in Shelter, we've been having incredible guests come through, and, and despite the circumstances where the world is at, they've been sharing really beautiful, heartfelt, and inspiring stories about the maintenance of a creative practice and a politically-minded practice and, and people who are contributing really, really special things to the world right now. And today is no different. We have a, a very talented uh, young artist, um, a painter, uh, a muralist, someone whose hustle is is uh, pronounced and and appreciated, and uh, also a dancer. Actually, loves loves to dance as well, um, and and a pharmacist. I mean, he he has many hats, um, and we have in the building uh, Myron Laban. Myron, good to see you, fam. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate no. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been listening. I've been listening to the show for a bit. So I remember. I just have this vague memory of being in Milwaukee. I was living there for a short time and just like listening to your guys' uh, podcast. So it's kind of full circle, you oh, know. That's what's up. Were you, I didn't even. What were you doing in Milwaukee? Uh, when I when I graduated pharmacy school in 2018, I couldn't find a job in Chicago. So the closest place I could find was Milwaukee. Um, and so I kind of moved there, not with the intention to stay, but I kind of moved there, worked for about four months, and then I found a job back here. Mm. Um, but Milwaukee is actually beautiful. I kind of found the art scene out there, um, kind of befriended a lot of kind of local artists, people like Webster X, and he had a place called, uh, oh my gosh, Free Space, Kind of similar to uh, YCA, where they bring in young people and kind of showcase their art as well as help them grow. So it was kind of cool to kind of see a whole different creative community. Um, but yeah, that's how I kind of ended up there. No, absolutely. And shout out Webster X, man. I really, really like yeah. him. Like like him as a, as, a, as a person, as an artist. And I know a little about that space that he's been doing. Milwaukee is a great city, man. It is like absolutely, yeah. you know, part of the reason... It reminds me of some of the things I love about Chicago, you know, um, and, mm-hmm. and, and one of them is that artists can kind of make their way. Uh, I, you know, let's start, let's start there, though, man. I mean, you went to school and are a pharmacist. How does, how does yeah. that happen? Uh, I don't get a lot so, of pharmacists, a lot of, like, formally trained pharmacists, anyway, on the show, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Allegedly. So I... I kind of always had this master plan kind of from high school um, that, you know, my dad's like, he kind of helped me foster this idea. He was like, kind of go to school, become a pharmacist, work 30 hours, get your benefits and then do what you want. And so I was like, that's not a bad idea. So I ended up 
kind of creating this plan where I, I just went to UIC. I took uh, my undergrad classes. And uh, in two years, I applied to pharmacy school on a whim. They accepted me. And I ended up, you know, becoming a pharmacist, which, which I do find a lot of my, I guess, personal characteristics to work well with the job. I actually love it because I get to meet so many different people. I get to, I get to practice all these languages. I say jindalbe, yakshamash to the Polish grandmas. I, I get to practice some Vietnamese. You know, I do Danish. And I just love meeting people in general. So, like, um, the job and me fit pretty well together. So I ended up, you know, just creating this plan and executing it. And then I'm just like, I'm just going to be an artist. And that's literally what I've been doing. And I'll go to work. I'll work an eight-hour shift. I'll work a 12-hour shift. I'll do my work at the pharmacy. I'll come home and I'll just make art. Or I'll use a day off and I'll just make art. So I was kind of thinking about that today. I was walking. I was like, I feel like kind of working on something else kind of incentivized me to work harder on other things such as art kind of because if I didn't work on my art then I don't make art so so, uh yeah that's kind of how that came about really and and are you I mean you're currently a farmer like you have a gig as a pharmacist somewhere where where do you yeah can you give out where you work or yeah of course uh I'm at Walgreens I'm a floater, so I work all over uh, the northwest suburbs as well as Chicago. I kind of go wherever they need me, and um, not to toot my own horn, but I give a great flu shot. Like <laughs> <laughs> I pride myself in my flu shots. I I often joke with people. It's probably a terrible place to to joke, but I'll be like, wait. The needle's still in there, and I'll add, the needle will be out, you know, <laughs> a minute before, and they'll be like, what? <laughs> um, I always tell people it's my first time giving a flu shot. And, uh, no, that's a, it's, it. that's, a, that's a relief in, in, in a nervous, particularly in this, at this time, like in a, a kind of high anxiety environment, you know, so. Yeah. That must be welcome. That's um, so pretty funny. I, people are always kind of confused when they meet somebody like me because they don't normally, I guess, meet someone who's, I'm, I'm relatively calm, I'm, I'm very playful, and they're like, I think they're so used to seeing people who are more, you know, strict and kind of like on edge, and they're like, you're different, <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like he's like you look, you look, you don't look like you should be a pharmacist. I'm like, well, I do art too, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I was telling my roommate actually. Uh, I always, I always talk about my art at the pharmacy. You know, on more than three or four occasions, I'll, I'll sell a hoodie to a technician that I'm working with, <laughs> and so. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, always was, hustling. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate yeah. your hustle, man. You know. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing. So, it's a good thing to see. So, so let's go back. So, so you know, you said your dad mm-hmm. kind of helped you create this vision. Um, yeah. You know, like who 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 are your folks? Like, where are they from? What do they do? Uh, so, my mom and dad born were born in Egypt. They're born in uh, Cairo, and uh, my dad he's one out of eleven, and his dad owned a small pharmacy in Egypt. So it was kind of in the family. So my my dad went to pharmacy school in Egypt and then he came here 
and then he he kind of became a pharmacist in the states they immigrated here i believe in the 80s um my mom also is from egypt she she came here after my dad my dad came here for school and then brought my mom over here they were living in iowa um had my brother and then they moved to displays um and that's kind of how they came about my mom she she worked with daycare now she's she works at mariano's and my dad's still working he was a chemist at once and then after chemistry he kind of switched over to pharmacy um so that's kind of like where my parents come from and and how early on um in displaying like how how did you what, what are some of your first memories of beginning to gravitate towards art making art literally since i was five i would to this day i still have these like folders where whenever i'd make a dope drawing i would put it in a folder it would be like this three wing three ring binder and i remember i was in like first grade and i and i vividly remember being on the floor watching the justice league drawing like these superhero characters um and every time every time i made a cool drawing i would put it under my bed and i did this all the way until i was in high school really um this was always something i was done and it kind of started off by drawing superheroes and then i remember fifth grade i would make my teacher so mad like i think she damn near had a mental breakdown because i would always draw in my homework i'd always draw in my tests i would literally draw in everything she would call my parents this boy is drawing on blah 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 boy. <laughs> um, and always, always no. superheroes. No, it was just this is like doodles and sketches. But I really was into drawing superheroes and like jacked people. And it, it's funny because like the way I would make someone jacked in first grade, I remember is I would like I would give them like thirty abs. Imagine <laughs> a rectangle and I and I split it down the middle. And if you were to split it. In three, that'd be six. But I'd be like, this dude is really jacked. So I'd like make like a bunch of lines and then I'd give him like a bunch of like muscles. And the way I represented muscles were like a bunch of bulges. So imagine like 15 bulges and then the hands. <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. Right. And, 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 um, and how, you know, so, you know, one of, one of the main figures of your work is a superhero-like character. Um, I mean, I, I wonder what you what you refer to that central figure in a lot of your work as, or if, mm-hmm. how, how do you conceive of it, and and how how did you come upon drawing this figure uh, for the first time? What what kind of led you to um, discovering this this kind of central trope that appears in a ton of your work? Yeah, uh, well, I guess. It, it it kind of rain it kind of comes from a memory of uh when i was a kid uh for those of you who don't know it's i call it uplift which is kind of the overall idea of it and uh it kind of uh dates back to a memory of when i was you know a kid i remember being on my dad's shoulders and uh it kind of stems from that memory and it's it's an image of a, a figure kind of walking forward and a figure on top like a little boy pointing up and it started off as a tattoo design my like freshman or sophomore year of college 
it's, it was like originally like a cat with a figure on top just pointing up and I would end up just it was going to be my first tattoo so I ended up drawing it on my body all over the place because I wanted it to be in the, the perfect spot so I would get a sharpie and I would draw it all over and it, 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 it essentially kind of became second nature to draw it I could draw it in my sleep but the, the idea was just uh, it was going to be a reminder to myself like when things are hard you know it will get better you just have to keep on moving forward and so there's the little kid on top of the guy he represents the things that weigh you down but also re- represents this hope and optimism that you have to keep throughout your own you know personal struggles because things do get better and i only know that because you go through it and then you lose your joy and then you find it again you know and that's really what that is and uh how did i come across it is like i always made art but i never had any direction i always just made like what i wanted to make but i i felt like i i needed to make something more and i would see these people like jc rivera and sun truck and hebrew brantley and what they did is they would they'd have these characters and they create it in like a million different ways you know and i was like i think that's I think that's the blueprint of what I want to do. But like, what do I want to do? And then I realized that this uplift character was that thing, you know? It wasn't just going to be for capitalistic gain. It's like something that was very real to me and something that I truly believed in. And so I started painting pictures with it. I started asking people to make murals and... I started making t-shirts and it kind of became what it is today just from like a genuine hustle of like having this idea, wanting to have this idea exist in the world. Right. Uh, uh, how many times do you think you've, you've drawn that, that uplift character or characters, I guess? Oh, many times. I don't know. Over a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I would, a lot. A lot yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and when, like, when, because I, re- I remember, I mean, you were, you know, um, to, to be transparent, like you were, I knew you in high school because you, you went to uh, Maine East where my brother teaches. And Maine West. Maine West, that's right, my, my bad. Yeah. He, was, he was over at Maine West at the time. And then you were also, you were in a class that I was teaching at UIC. And mm-hmm. you were, I remember then, and when you were in college, you expressed that that I, I don't know, like, where did, where did it solidify? Cause it seemed like then you were kind of almost half and half. You were an artist and you, and you were a pharmacist, but I don't know if in your mind at that time you were integrated in, into the, into the two. Like, I think the art seemed like a, like a reach to you. And I remember Lisa and I, Dr. Lisa Lee and I talking to you about, you know, maybe going in that, like doing that for real, for real. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when, yeah, like the, the time you landed on the uplift character to the, to, I mean, I remember your first mural or at least one of your first murals that, that piece that maybe still runs on Milwaukee Avenue. Um, you, you know, like the, the time in between, how did you gain the confidence and what was that process like when you, in some ways, convinced yourself like this is what i'm going to do Mm. well i was at uic 
And I was taking hella science classes, anatomy, organic chemistry, you know, physiology, all these classes. And, and I was like, I need to make art. And so I'd always find a way to like put an art class in there. And so like, I always knew I was an artist and I always knew that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to school for pharmacy, but I'm going to make art. It wasn't necessarily to be a career choice. It was just like, this shit is like instilled in me. Like I have to create. Um, and so I would like, I did like drawing one and drawing two and I did painting one. And then my last semester I was like with hip hop and art with you and Lisa. And you would see me, and I and I remember this because I that was my only intentional time to create art. So I would come to your class and we would talk about like graffiti and hip hop and I'm like, fuck this, I don't really care. I just need to make some art. So I would bring my sketchbook and you'd put on a movie about like breakdancing and I'd be like, all right, this is my sketchbook time. Nice. And I would just draw my pictures. And uh, so that was just me just having this urge to create, right? And then I think it wasn't until my... Uh, sophomore year of pharmacy school i didn't go to i went two years undergrad and four years of pharmacy school so you know the first three years of of college i was just making art and then the second year of pharmacy school i i realized that this can be something greater than me just wanting to make art and i that's kind of the moment that I turned it into a brand versus a passion. Um, and I never had like a five-year plan or anything like that. It's just like, I just saw a direction and I, and I took that direction and uh, I've kind of just went with the flow and just found ways to incorporate my art into the world. That's really what I'm trying to do is like exist outside of myself. How do you exist outside of yourself? You create murals, you make t-shirts, you have art shows. Because when I die, my art's still going to be there. My mural's still going to be there. People are still going to wear my t-shirt. And uh, I don't know, that's kind of where, that's kind of like the steps that I took. Yeah, no, that's 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 dope. So, of course, now you have a, a solo show um, at, yes. at the Elephant Room Gallery. Um, First of all, tell us, uh, you know, for those that, that, that are tuning in, um, if you don't know, uh, now you know I am talking to Myron Laban, a uh, very incredible artist. He has a solo ex- exhibition that is at the Elephant Room Gallery. Um, Myron, tell us a little about where and how people can see this uh, really impressive solo show. Yeah, uh, so this is at Elephant Room Gallery. This is located in the, the South Loop. Um, it's run by Kim Atwood, who's like an amazing individual. And uh, the show is called Sitting With My Thoughts. It runs from, it was November 6th to November 29th, and it's appointment only. So if you wanted to make an appointment to see the show, you would email Kim, which is kim at elephantroomgallery.com. And you just, you know, you would schedule a viewing appointment. You could also view it virtually for those of you who don't want to go out on elephantroomgallery.com. And uh, the idea is kind of uh, separate kind of from my uplift. 
series that I've been doing. It's it's called Sitting with My Thoughts, and it kind of relates to this this idea about like being stuck in your head. You kind of hear about sometimes you know getting lost in your mind can be a dangerous place, and 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 uh, you know sometimes I I have the habit of kind of thinking too much, and and like it could be toxic, it could be for whatever reason, but it's just this whole idea about being stuck in your head and uh and acknowledging and but it's also about learning to acknowledge your thoughts and your emotions and and being able to process them in a productive way because you can have all these thoughts but and they can you know they can be wild and they could make your mind race but it's also important to be able to acknowledge them for what they are and let them pass and and acknowledge that these are just thoughts. And that's kind of like what meditation is in a sense. And so you have these characters that I do. They're various characters. A lot. Of, some of them are people in my life, like uh, my friend Del Marie, uh, my friend Naomi, my friend Charles. These are people kind of in different poses. Some of them are look like they're introspective. Some people look like they're experiencing joy. Some people look like they're lost in their thought. Some people look like they're, you know, they're sad. And it's kind of relates to this whole spectrum of the human experience, you know, which can be sad, happy, um, all of these things. And so it kind of merges organic shapes, my love of plants, painting like greens. And I would say semi realistic pieces all into one painting Mm. um and that's i think the the best like thesis i can describe it as no that's great and and the show is beautiful and it seems like certainly a an evolution um of 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 the work i I mean you created the show or at least the show is being um put up during the time of the pandemic you have Mm -hmm. in the show i think there's at least you know, one picture that, you know, features characters in masks. Um, you know, what, what is it like to put out a body of work during this time? I know you've been getting a good response because the show, people are buying the show. I mean, the show is, is <laughs> selling very well. Um, but, but it's obviously, you know, you don't get the same kind of opening and, 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 you know, you can't program in the space in the same way. So, um, how attuned during the making of this were you to the pandemic? Like, how is this a, is this a year's worth of work? Is this five years worth of work? And then, you know, what is it like to, to release, you know, the body of work during the pandemic? Um, I guess to start, it's, it's, I would say it's about six months worth of work. Okay. Um, I kind of started these pieces in the summer. Um, it, I, I, I didn't, plan on having an art show until I started creating all these pieces and and figuring out that these all should go in an art show. Um, And it's, it's interesting because I think this is my first like legitimate gallery show, but I've also had like, I had one show at um, Yo Yu, which is kind of also serves as a, a hair salon. And I also had a show back in like 2016 at um uh campus which is kind of like a streetwear kind of street art store 
in Avondale, actually. Yeah. And the first two shows, it was like, the first show is it that I ever had, I feel like, was one of the best days of my life. And, and that's because everyone, like, I ever loved, like, walked into that room. I didn't sell, I didn't sell any paintings from that show <laughs> at all. I, it's yeah, it's fun, it's wild. I, and, but I didn't, I didn't really care about that. It was just kind of, I had like, like over a hundred people come through. It was a packed space and it was literally like one of the best days ever. Same thing with the Yo Yu Gallery it was like, it was beautiful. And this time around, it's like, it's uh appointment only you know it's it's no one no one's really coming in there's no social experience but uh this show isn't really about this show is more about the art i think rather than the people and 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 that's no shade on anybody because i love my friends and i love being able to see people but i think this show was me just trying to tell the world that like i'm legitimate like I'm an artist, I'm a fine artist, and I'm gonna make these <laughs> these dope ass paintings. <laughs> um, so it kind of sucks that you don't get to see the people you love, but it but you still you still see the support just from afar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. It's um, yeah. I mean, I was I, I I really am enjoying seeing the work online, and and obviously seeing the response that you know these pieces yeah. are indeed are indeed going. So. You know, so the show is up for another few weeks now. Now, what do you do? I mean, are you already on to another body of work, or or how does that? Do you take a moment and catch your breath? Um, how does how does the creative process continue, or do you do you have to put it on pause just to recoup? Uh, so, kind of currently, I've kind of taken a break from painting. Um, I'm not. I haven't taken a break from you know the creative process. Like uh, right now, I'm I'm working with. Uh, the Juju Exchange, and we're working on some art together, um, just in a different capacity. You know, um, I kind of took a, a break from the fine art, though. I think I'm gonna hop back on pretty soon because, um, you know, that Del Marie painting and that Naomi painting and the Charles piece are probably like probably the best paintings I've ever created, and I want to expand on that even more. And so my, my goal is to, you know, I'm just going to take a break, but I'm going to hop back on it and I want to make bigger and technically better pieces. So that is coming soon. But I'm still, I'm always like making stuff, you know, like I put out like a fun little illustration on Instagram just now. Um, in regards to bodies of work, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing serious. It's just kind of whatever is coming my way. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's fair to say that this this current body of work is probably your best body of work, and I think you probably want that as an artist every time out to to do better than you just did. I will say, yeah. I also am a very big fan of the uh, basketball series that you did, um, kind of oh, the, yeah. the reimagining of the dunks, the uh, particularly the uh, the D Brown. No look, uh, you know, uh, dunk. Yeah, I, I really, and I think, I think, you know, it's just, it's nice to go back, you know, on your website. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's nice to see your body of work and see it evolve, you know, and see it evolve over, you yeah. know, a relatively short period of time. And, and, and as you're beginning to kind of figure things out and experiment and try things on for, for yourself, I mean, it's just as a, 
as a fan, you know, someone from afar, it's really like a pleasure and a delight to see you begin to kind of, you know, lock in and, and follow an idea through and elevate it and evolve it too. Yeah, I, I really, I appreciate that. And, and and I feel that way too. I feel like I've, I've definitely been evolving. And I also owe part of that to kind of the people I'm surrounded by. Um, not necessarily physically, but I'll see my colleagues like, you know, Oscar, uh, Joyo, and I'll see Kayla Mahaffey and, and I'll, and I'll just see even my musician friends. I just see everybody elevating and making like a hundred percent quality work. And I see this and I'm like, you know, there's no reason why you can't make the best work of your life. Like you have to, I feel like maybe I just have this expectation for myself that I have to put out the best pieces. And I accept that everything you make isn't going to be the best, but I know that I have that greatness and potential to create work that is exceptional. And I just have to tap into it. And if I tap into it, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. No, um, big facts. Big facts. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, man. So so uh, let people know what, where the best places where they can um, see your work, get a hoodie, yeah. get a shirt, all that. Uh, you gotta if you the best place to to kind of find me is on my website is www.myronlabon.com. That's spelled M Y R O N is Nancy L A B is boy A N is Nancy dot com. Also, my Instagram Myron Laban M Y R O N L A B A N. If you want a hoodie. Uh, just DM me. I don't have them listed on my website right now. Just send me a message or text me if you have my number or (laughs) don't find my number and text me if you don't have my number. Uh, But those are the best places to to reach me. And also you can check out my work until November 29th at Elephant Room Gallery. Yeah, great. And I I really recommend people seeing, if you don't feel comfortable stepping out the crib, um, definitely check it out online. I I think, you know, obviously it's not the same as standing in front of the piece, but I still think you get um, the the glow, the aura, the import, and, you know, the majesty of this work. Um, So so definitely check it out. Uh, Myron, man, great to chop it up with you. Great to see you. And uh, thanks for being in the corner store. Always a pleasure, Kevin. Stay healthy. You too, bro. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com, corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.